Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, March 6, 2013. Today we're reading from the big book. You're going to find us in Chapter 11, A Vision for You. We're on page 152, the third small paragraph there on the page. Today's readers are Sharon, Michelle, Fran, and Judy B. The share code for yesterday's meeting, Tuesday, March 5th, is 4019. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Anne S. to read the 12 steps. Hi, good morning. My name is Anna, compulsive reader from Pennsylvania. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Uh, Thank you. I pass. Thank you. I will now call on Margaret Kay to read the Twelve Traditions. Good morning, Maya. Good morning, Vision for you. This is Margaret Kay in South Jersey. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. 
Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overhears anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA is meant to never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, as the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book. We're in Chapter 11, entitled A Vision for You, on page 152. We're beginning with that third small paragraph, beginning with how is that to come about, you ask. And I will ask Sharon to begin reading for us, please. Good morning. This is Sharon, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Leah, and thank you to all who are on the line. Glad to be with you this morning. How is it that, how is that to come about, you ask? Where am I to find these people? You're going to meet these new friends in your own community. Near you, alcoholics are dying helplessly like people in a sinking ship. If you live in a large place, there are hundreds, high and low, rich and poor. These are fellow, future fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. Among them, you will make lifelong friends. You will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties, for you will escape disaster together, and you will commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. Then you will know what it means to give of yourself, that others may survive and rediscover life. You will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. Oh, my gosh, this is just awesome. I want to go back and and, uh, to our chapter two. There is a solution, and it talks about we are average Americans from all sections of the country, 
many of its occupations and so forth, different backgrounds, similar to what was said in this reading. And then it goes on to say that we are like the passengers of a great liner, the moment after rescue from shipwreck, when camaraderie, joyousness, and democracy pervade the vessel from steerage to captain's table. However, we're different, it goes on to say. Unlike the feelings of the ship's passengers, however, our joy in escape from disaster does not subside as we go our individual ways. The feeling of having shared in a common peril is one element in the powerful cement that binds us, but that in itself would never have held us together as we are now joined. And then the tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. So in your communities, and some people don't have people near them over the phone, but even if you're on the phone, if at all possible, find a group around you that you can fellowship with, that face-to-face contact is not to be underestimated. Yesterday, we had a horrible, horrible snowstorm here in Minnesota. The schools were closed. I, I threaded my way over to my meeting. I was glad to be there. And we had one of our smallest meetings ever. Only 18 people showed up. We had everything we needed at the meeting. We were happy to be there together. And we looked at each other's each other with with big smiles on our faces. No condemnation for those who couldn't get there. We totally understand their circumstances. But we recognize why we all made the trek in the storm to get to the meeting where we could fellowship together. And that was because this is important to us. Our This is the most important thing that we do every day is come together. And true to what it says here, I have made friends for life. I have the closest people I know. I knew in the rooms before we came up, came to the common solution. Now, the solution is the 12 steps of recovery, the program of recovery. But, well, for 10 years in the OA rooms, I couldn't find that solution. I was in the rooms and reading this book. I was reading this book when I was in the rooms looking for this community because I knew that it was this community that was going to give me this recovery. It is a part of recovery. It's not something I can do alone, although in uh, some people perhaps can. It was something I couldn't do with the book in myself. I was going to meetings, trying it different ways until I came upon the group that I'm with now and we're all committed to working the program the same way, to working it together, to staying in close contact with each other. And we have a community, a close-knit community, and uh, not perfect. We go through our corrections, uh, similar to what what uh, Dr. Bill, Bob and, and the old-timers, Dr. Uh, Bill, went through. But we are in this together. We know that it's important and it's valuable. And I encourage everyone, all of you, this phone meeting is important. We find that fellowship here. But it's also in building those communities around us, in those, building those fellowships 
with with uh, people and sticking close to the solution because it is through the solution. It's the solution that binds us together. We have a common peril, but more importantly, we have a common solution that keeps us together. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Star one to unmute. Hi, this is Sarah. Can I share? Of course, Sarah. Your turn. Go ahead. So, you know, um, this paragraph is just teaches me how much I appreciate this this meeting, this vision for you meeting of, um, and and the past couple of years in program where I've met up with people that I you know normally would not mix with and and it it shows me that alone and it just reminds me that when i'm alone even um trying to experience recovery by myself it's nowhere near the same as the fellowship that has grown among us and connecting you know it's it's to me it's just a wondrous thing like yesterday when I spoke to this woman on the other side of the country that I've never met, that I don't know, who's not, who would never be a part of my community, but instantly and immediately there is a connection and an understanding that I may not even have with my next-door neighbor. And here, um, then you will know what it means to give of yourself that others may survive and rediscover life. You will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. Here, oh, all these words, they're, they're all highlighted and all beautiful. You'll be bound to them with new and wonderful ties. You will escape disaster together, and you will commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. Um, you know, just going through through the process and going through life in trying to work this process together, shoulder to shoulder, hand in hand, it just makes it so much more of a beautiful and uh, meaningful and transformative experience that would not happen by, my, by myself. I don't know who that, where that's coming from, but um, that wouldn't happen on my own. And I'm so grateful for this meeting and for all of you. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Sarah. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? For one to unmute. This is Melanie. Hey, Melanie. Go ahead. And then Janet. Hi. Good morning, Leah. Uh, Melanie, recovered compulsive overeater in Oregon. This takes me right to my particular journey and how am I going to meet these people? Well, I got to meet them on the phone because I was encouraged to um, get up and I guess get up the courage to get on that phone and start using that thing because it was going to save my life. 
Um, I needed to find places and ways in which I could identify in with other people, and and I was an isolator, right? And to the nth degree, I became agoraphobic. So that was the first deal out of this thing: is get on that phone. I was in a community way out the very tip of uh, the Long Beach Peninsula in a harbor town where there weren't any meetings, and that was my link to hope and to life. So I was encouraged, and I needed to have help in figuring out how to use that phone. Fifty years old, I had to have help getting to use that phone. And then that's where it developed, you know, relationships. The other thing I love to share in this room that has been the thing for me is that we come in here with this common thing, but I need to find out and navigate through, you know, what yours is like and what was mine like. And I have these issues. I came in here and the big book tells me I have trouble with relationships and then I'm going to have to get in into the um, into this lifeboat with you all. Oh, my gosh, how am I going to do that? You know, we rub each other the wrong way. Well, we practice. We've agreed together without saying it out loud. We practice because our lives depend on it. And how do we practice? By not cutting and running anymore, staying in here, working this deal through the best of our ability, using the principles, using the the uh, instructions in the big book, and then we take it out to another person. You know, they come to us on the phone, which is wonderful. How lucky am I to have them come to the phone? All I have to do is pick up the phone and call them back. What a huge deal. And share with them just exactly the miracle that happened in my life. You can't keep me from doing it anymore because of that miracle, because of the transformation. And, and they're talking about it right here. And Sharon said it so wonderfully, you know, quoting from the other people. What's the difference? The difference is I'm going to meet you every day. Those on the boat, you know, they had that wonderful thing, that bond together, but they go about their lives. Here we stick together because we identify together. We're, kind, we're this unique bit that can share what we've done with another person that's hopeless and bring them hope, being this 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 conduit for a higher power. It's just too exciting to even express into words. We call this angel language in here, right, folks? We practice with each other. We stick together. We give it to somebody else. It's a package deal, guaranteed solution given to us by the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Pass. Thank you very much. And Janice, please. Thank you, Leah. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. You're going to meet these new friends in your own community. Near you, alcoholics are dying helplessly, like people in a sinking ship. Like people in a sinking ship. And I don't know about you, but I was that person in a sinking ship. I was that alcoholic dying helplessly helplessly until I heard the solution and was willing to grab hold of that solution and work these steps as if my life depended on it. And that's what this this whole page has been talking about, is that transformation. What happens, we have shown you how we got out from under. We have shown you how we got out from under. And now what are you going to do with that? How are you going to carry that message to those who were like you, perhaps. Well, we say this on our meeting every day. We read our main purpose of the meeting. Our main purpose is to show how we got out from under. It's to show what the big book says about where the solution is and what the solution is. And how are people going to know that unless I speak up? How are people going to know that unless I carry this message? 
And what happens as a result of that is more than I ever could have imagined. Lifelong friends, bound together with new and wonderful ties. What are those new and wonderful ties? It's that spiritual awakening. It's that spiritual experience that I get to live in daily. It's the spiritual principles that I get to attempt to practice every day. You know, those are the things that I never had before. I didn't have an opportunity to escape disaster because I didn't have this way out like I have it today. You know, thank God, thank God we have it today. But whether or not you take what you know back into your meeting that's local to you, even if the meeting is struggling, even if the meeting, it needs you as a recovered person to carry this message. Because that's what happened for me. Someone was willing to carry this message into meetings that were perhaps not so healthy. And there she found like-minded people. Like-minded people who wanted this thing. But she opened her mouth. Thank God she opened her mouth. And today I think to myself, I can open my mouth too. And whether you're passing on this number for this phone meeting or whether or not you're going to, a, to an OA meeting and taking your recover, your beautifully recovered self to that meeting and sharing this message. You know, you will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. But they talk about that this program takes self-sacrifice. You know, we have to be willing to suit up and show up. But then what we get back is so amazing. It is so amazing. I, too, have made those lifelong friends. But we are bound together by very special ties, very special ties. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I, too, would like to jump in on this paragraph. If you live in a place, there are hundreds, and obviously uh, we see our disease walking the streets. All you have to do is step out of your house and turn to the left or the right, and perhaps you might find a compulsive overeater. Uh, If you live in a large place, there are hundreds, high and low, rich and poor. These are future fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. Indeed, you know, there's a place in the big book that says we are people who would normally not mix. And uh, what, what a beauty that is. What a beauty when we gather together. We're like pieces of a mosaic that when put together are a picture of hope. And that's exactly what this chapter of Vision for You is. It's a message of hope and possibility that yes, 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 it is possible to be recovered from this disease of compulsive overeating. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It says high and low, rich and poor. These are future fellows of Alcoholics Anonymous. I know when I sat in my home group, me, a housewife, a mother of 12, sat around computer programmers, nurses, doctors, teachers, hairdressers, politicians, the unemployed, Uh, Of course, when you think about AA, you think about members of Congress, you think about people who lived in the White House, people who walked on the moon, uh, people who were in the Football Hall of Fame, people who have won Oscars. You think about people who are among some of the wealthiest people on the face of this planet and some of the 
poorest people who are on this planet. And what's so beautiful about all of that is that when we sit together in the rooms, you can't tell which is which. Because we sit together with a commonality which is simply based on the fact that we want a better life. And that that better life is possible through this common solution that you and I study every morning. It says you will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties for you will escape disaster together and you will commence shoulder to shoulder your common journey. Absolutely. When I sat in my home group, for instance, in Minneapolis, it was as if I was sitting on a front row seat to the miracles. I had to strap myself in and hold on tight because I was in for the ride of my life. Not only the fact that my own life was transformed, but I had the privilege and the opportunity and the um, extreme honor of witnessing tens and tens and tens and tens of people's lives be transformed. You know, it goes on to say, then you will know what it means to give of yourself that others may survive and rediscover life. I mean, the first 11 steps brought amazing change in my life. It brought that spiritual awakening, which, of course, is the goal and the aim and the objective of this program of recovery. But when I look back over the 26 years of working with other people and carrying this message, I know I have grown far more from carrying the message than I grew from those first steps. Because the more I give what I've been given, the more I'm blessed by God growing in my life. And the more God grows in my life and through my veins and in every pore of my body, then the better off I am. You know, uh, those of us who have had this spiritual awakening are charged with a responsibility and an obligation. And that responsibility is to carry this message. Because we know more about recovery than for com- from compulsive overeating than anybody alive. Because we're the only people that have done it. God has equipped us with some very, very unique knowledge and very, very unique experiences to help a very unique group of human beings. Real compulsive overeaters like myself. And God has given me the opportunity to literally avert death in other people. The big book has taught me that my dark past is the greatest possession that I have, and it is the key to life for happiness for other people. So I I owe my life, and I owe you the greatest possession that I have. You know, it says, and you will know what it means to give of yourself, that others may survive and rediscover life. You will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. I'm asked to practice these principles, and I am asked to carry this message, and I'm asked to go to these meetings, and I'm asked to get on this phone line every morning, and I'm asked to talk about the steps and the principles that saved my life, and about the people who helped to save my life, and to pick up the torch, and to be the one, one of the ones who carries the message, and to be that person now who does not benefit from it, but to be the one who passes it on. And when you catch this buzz, and when it lights up your life, you're going to be doing the same thing. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to speak on this paragraph, please? This is Judy B. Yeah, sure. Judy and then Patricia, please. Thanks. Thank you. Oh, this paragraph is just so meaningful. It just reaffirms for me how God has worked in my life over 
many, many, many years. You are going to meet these new friends in your own community. And then it goes on to say, among them, you will make lifelong friends. And it just helps me to realize that so many of the people in my life I met early in program many, many years ago, and we still have such a connection. I'm not still in the same area where we um, meet at the meetings where we met, but they are lifelong friends, and uh, we still now communicate and get together. And I just feel like God has guided me at every step of the way. Um, that was a big part of my life early in program, to be at face-to-face meetings and to oh, and to just enjoy the people that God put in my life uh, and put in my life for a reason. I'm just so grateful for that. And now that I'm not able to get to face-to-face meetings as much as I would like to, I realize that uh, God is still supplying me with the people that I can help and the people that can help me uh, via the phone. And it says, then you will know what it means to give of yourself that others may survive and rediscover life. You will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. And yesterday was a day for me when I... I didn't feel as um, motivated and as as connected as I wanted to, and yet I talked with a few people on the phone, and I was able to share share with them. and And when I hung up, I just i I went to my to my big book and to my OA notes, and just prayed that God would would lead me so that I could be even of more help when I was on the phone and. And this is exactly what we're able to do. You know, we will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. And we will want more than anything in the world, you know, to be able to to share with them and to let them know what this program has done for us. I'm just so grateful for this program. And this this paragraph really, really makes me appreciate what program has done for me over many, many years. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Judy B. And Patricia, please. Yes, um, I just wanted to share that um, this past Sunday I had gone to um, my first OA sponsor's house, and we had game day, and her and her husband and my husband and myself, we play games all afternoon, and um, and I'm planning a a garden party this summer, um, and I've mentioned it at the meeting, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you know. So I'm really excited about this. Because um, you know, I'll set up the croquet and stuff, and and play, and just enjoy each other's company and stuff. And 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 this is a promise. These are promises that we're we're reading here. And I just want to share that because it's it's awesome to feel like I fit in and that they understand me. They're not judging me. I don't have to worry if things are perfectly perfect. You know, um, my home or my the food or whatever it is I'm doing, whatever I'm. I'm preparing, I don't have to worry about things being perfect, you know, and like I used to in the past, worry to please everybody. It's not like that with these, with my new newfound friends, you know. They accept me the way I am, and I really, I just love it. And anyways, thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Patricia. Anyone else like to comment on what was read before we move on? This is Katie. Katie, your turn. Good morning. This is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. 
um, you're going to meet, meet these new friends in the community near you. Um, alcoholics are dying helplessly like people in a sinking ship. Yes, I see, you know, I have had uh, the same, there's people in my life that have been in my life now for 25 years, 20 years, uh, 10 years. And my life before that, in disease, I didn't have any long-term relationships. I only knew how to burn bridges, um, you know, just... destroyed relationships, I didn't have relationships because I was um, so into the food. And um, I'm sorry, there's branches falling down around me. <laughs> I really wish I were in a community right now and not where I am, <laughs> where I have no power. It's snowing like crazy and tree branches are falling down around me. But I'm going to read from this big book. I don't care. So uh, here I am. And you know, that's what we have. We have this common journey, and we stick together through thick and thin. And I didn't know how to do that. And I certainly had no idea that that was going to be a byproduct of uh, recovery. So um, it's it's a huge gift. And like someone um, just shared that it's a... Um, I'm sorry. I, I, I got to go. I got to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Katie. Anyone else? Okay, well, let's move on to the next paragraph with Michelle, please. Good morning. This is Michelle H. in Missouri, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. It may seem incredible that these men are to become happy, respected, and useful once more. How can they rise out of such misery? bad repute, and hopelessness? The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. Should you wish them above all else and be willing to make use of our experience, we are sure they will come. The age of miracles is still with us. Our own recovery proved that. And this paragraph just continues to give more hope, um, hinging on that previous paragraph. Um, where, you know, I'm just so impressed with that that last sentence of the previous paragraph, you will learn the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself. And that, you know, it seems incredible that these men, um, you know, are going to rise out of misery, bad repute, and hopelessness. And, you know, for me, realizing that I didn't really know how the full meaning of love thy neighbor as thyself, because when I came into this program in my disease, and, you know, eating the food, I, I, all I cared about was myself. I was just um, selfish and self-centered. And that takes a transformation in a person to go from that position to caring about other people, to caring about loving my neighbor, um, an act of selflessness. And, you know, I, I thought that was unbelievable um, when I was seeing recovered people around me um, giving so freely, unconditional love, how could I possibly uh, ever expect to, to um, join their ranks? Um, but everybody reached out their hand and said, just like it, like they're saying in this paragraph, that since these things happened among us, they can happen with you. 
And even though when I came in, all I was interested in was to stop eating, to put the food down. You know, the big book brought me along and said, you know, Michelle, there's more to life than abstinence. There's more to life. It's not enough just to be sober. And I kept holding on to to that hope and believing. Um, And should I wish it among anything else or above all else um, and be willing to make use of their experience, our experience, the recovered people that God put in my life, that placed in my life to show me how to continue this journey um, from getting abstinent to this transformation by working these steps and trusting in the process, trusting hope above hope to become useful once more, to be able to join the ranks of um, useful people again, uh, like I once was before I was ravaged by this disease of compulsive overeating. And that miracle has happened. And that age of miracle is still with us today, March 2013. Miracles are happening every day. And seeing people like myself become recovered to where I'm thinking of other people and not just thinking of myself. And only with God's help, only with a a spiritual remedy, which are encompassed in, in um, in these principles, being able to um, see my faults, um, to become, become willing to let God remove these defects of character, um, moving ahead and making amends, making amends, genuine amends out of love because I, I, it, that is the person that God created me to be and wanting to be that person, that recovered person um, that's walking shoulder to shoulder with me, showing me that same common journey. And, um, you know, it reminded me, too, of what um, Leah said about on page 124, that showing others who suffer how we were given help is the very thing which makes life seem so worthwhile to us now. That has come true for me. And then cling to the thought that in God's hands, in God's hands, the dark path is the greatest possession that you have. It is the key, the key to life, to living a full life in happiness for others. And with it, we can avert death and misery for them, for others, for for people just like me, Um, people coming into this program selfish, self-centered, inconsiderate, frightened, and to be transformed by God's grace, to be able to be caring, loving, and to give unconditionally, not expecting anything in return and knowing that is the key to happiness. And um, our, our own recovery, um, recovered people that we hear every morning on this line, proves that, proves that. And quite a vision, quite a vision um, for all of us to know that this miracle can happen for each and every one of us. Um, we just trust in, trust in God, clean house, and help others. Um, and I am so grateful um, that I stayed around and grateful to the people who stayed around year after year carrying the message to make that miracle possible for me. And for anyone listening this morning that thinks it's incredible, unbelievable, uh, stay tuned. Uh, keep coming back. Uh, miracles are, are still with us. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Michelle. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Sharon. Sharon, please go ahead. Well, this paragraph is awesome. A lot in here. 
there's a couple of things that I'd like to point out. First, it says, as many are on the line are probably saying, wow, this is incredible that we could uh, do these things that are written here. Happiness, respect, usefulness. And it tells us how we're going to do this. From looking at the people we were, if I look at from where I, from whence I came, where I could not, I could barely work. I was so mis. I was, I had really eaten myself into just, I was at the jumping off point. I was at a place where I could not imagine life with food and I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine how I could ever be free. And I, but I couldn't go on and I couldn't go back. Where was I? And then all of a sudden here I'm having a happy, useful life and uh, being of service. How could this, how could this happen? It tells us right here in this par- paragraph. The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. So, and that's what happened, what I saw when I went into that room, and you hear, when, when I come onto this phone line, I hear the recovery. I hear that it's happening to others. When I go into the rooms, I saw in what happened for me almost 12 years ago is I walked into the rooms, and I saw people who I had known in the rooms, who together we would share misery but couldn't find a solution. We wanted it but couldn't find it until we saw someone who had recovered. And that is what is critical. That's, that's important. So our answer comes by hearing and seeing that other people have the solution. But then it doesn't just happen. I can see you all day long and I don't get it. So what else has, what do I need to do? I have to wish it above all else. My recovery, my desire to get recovered must come first. I cannot say I will not get recovered until my kids are grown or until this happens, that happens, this happens. I can't do it because this is going on in my life and that's going on. No excuse. Above all else, you have to wish it above all else. And you have to be willing, there it is, willing to make use of our experience. So what does that mean? You've got to pick up the phone and make the calls. You see someone that has recovered, you say, how did you do it? Tell me what you did. And then when you hear what they did, don't turn your back and say, I can't do that or I tried that. Keep your ears open. Keep your mind open because it says right here that by making use of experience, and we know when we we studied Bill, Bill was always talking and listening and doing what was suggested of him. Even remember six months he went telling the word of the recovery and couldn't get one person recovered. But he was told that that's how he was going to get recovered and other people had done it. So he was convinced he was going to do it even if six months he did it and the only person that got recovered was him. So use our experience. Call, get in touch with them. And I love this last sentence. The age of miracles is still with us and our own recovery them, And I know my recovery, the people I know in the rooms, their recovery, this is about miracles. This isn't about, uh, we have a proven workable method by which we can recover, and that proven workable method creates a miracle. 
because we no one can say how it happened. We know that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Believe in miracles. Don't trust. Don't trust that uh, you know that this is not going to work for you. Someone else did it. It worked for them. They're willing to share it with you. They're going to get you in touch with who can get you re- help you get recovered. Do it. Throw yourself headlong into it. Trust not yourself, not what you know, not your past. Trust God. Trust that God, what he did for others, he will also do for you. The other people, we're not. The people who say, I'm recovered, we're not unique. We were in your shoes. And one day at a time, by doing what the big book tells us to do, we got recovered. It's available to you. It's available to everyone. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? This is Kim. Kim, go ahead. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. The age of miracles is still with us. Our own recovery proves that. You know, this book was penned in 1939. But I can assure you, the age of miracles is still with us in 2013. You know, for years, in, in a way, what I heard was that word recovering. Recovering. As compulsive overeaters, the best that we can do is recovering. As a compulsive overeater, the best that I can do is be that boy whistling in the dark, to be abstinent, but inwardly to give anything to have a half and dozen drinks and get away with it. Well, I'm here to testify. I'm here to witness that that is not true. You know, the big book assures us that we can become recovered from this seemingly hopeless state of mind. This big book assures us that we will have this obsession removed. And the vision for you, this meeting, reinforces that message of the big book. That if we walk through these steps, we will get to that destination called recovered. And that is true in 2013 the way it was in 1939. You know, when we walk through those steps and we get to step 10 and we, we start to experience those 10 steps promises, when we are in a position of neutrality, safe and protected, when we are neither fighting anything or anyone, including the alcohol, when we recoil as if from a hot flame, and we start to work step 10 and we look for resentment, resentment, selfishness, dishonesty, and fear, and as we work step 11 upon awakening and when we retire at night, we're not asking God to remove, remove our, you know, to, to control our food. We're not turning our food over to God because at that point the obsession has been removed. We're looking at our selfishness, our dishonesty, our resentment and fear because we have recovered. That is the promise of this program. So what is the difference? What is the difference from those years that I spent being abstinent only and being that boy whistling in the dark and being recovered? I just want to go back to page 11 in Bill's story where it says here, to Christ I can see the certainty of great man not too closely followed by those who claimed him. His moral teaching was excellent. For myself, I had adopted those parts which seemed convenient and not too difficult. The rest I disregarded. And that is the difference. I would read this big book, and I would adopt the parts that are most convenient and not too difficult, and the rest I disregarded. Oh, I'm not going to tell someone all my story. I'm not going to give up all my defects. I'll make some amends, but there's no way I'm apologizing to that jerk. So let me give you a spoiler alert. Recovery is inconvenient. Recovery is effort. Recovery needs to come first before anything else in your life. 
But the rewards of that is you will become recovered. You will have that obsession removed. You will be able to give more to your family, your friends, and your fellowship in a way you never understood because you no longer are relying on your own power. You are now, and and you now have the power of God within you that is working through you. The age of miracles is still with us, and our own recovery proves that. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. This is Leah. I, too, would like to comment on this powerful paragraph here. It says, it may seem incredible that these men are to become happy, respected, and useful once more. And, of course, credible, incredible means extraordinary, too extraordinary to believe or hard to believe. It may seem incredible that these men, you know, are are to become happy, respected, and useful once more. I mean, perhaps you've been on this line for a little bit, and perhaps, you know, you've heard some of the voices on this line that are recovered and how we've shared the way we used to live, um, the way we used to exist, and that our lives have been transformed and that we have meaning and purpose today, and that we are able to uh, participate in life today, and that we're able to be better uh, people today and, and enables us to be better wives and better friends and better sisters and better daughters and better friends and community members. And perhaps it's overwhelming <laughs> uh, to hear us sometimes. Perhaps uh, you get overwhelmed, you know, with the words or just even thinking that it's not possible. And let me just suggest not to get distracted by that. Don't focus on the words. (laughs) Don't focus on the words. Don't get overwhelmed by all of it. Just listen for the music. Just listen for the music. It's the music of hope that will get you. It's the music that will keep you here. It's the music of hope. It's the music of possibility. It's the music of the fact that we have a common solution that works. You know, that music is contagious. Because you hear all kinds of words from all kinds of different people on this line. And it is a beautiful song. And sometimes, if you cooperate Sometimes that song will carry on just so long, so long enough that it allows you to make a surrender. It allows you to make a surrender. You know, the chances of recovery in this program are 100%. Your chances of recovery in this program are 100%. Because the words of the book in 1939 are the same truth today. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. It says, how can they rise out of such misery, bad repute, and hopelessness? The practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you. This book was penned by more than 100 men and women who had been restored to sanity, who had been rehabilitated, who had had a renewed life. They had become ex-problem drinkers. That's exactly what we who are recovered are. We're like a big show-and-tell operation. You know, you're going to come to this meeting and you're going to hear women like myself or a a young gentleman or, you know, a a tall person, a, a short person, an older person, a younger person, a professional person, an unemployed person, a housewife, a professor, 
and we're gonna we're gonna get up and we're gonna we're gonna speak to you and we're gonna say um, not a, we're not gonna talk about the theory of the twelve steps. What we're gonna say is that uh, this program of recovery has restored us and transformed us. We are living proof that this program of recovery works. You know, you get to hear the results. Hopefully you get to go to a face-to-face meeting and see the results, but at least here you get to hear the results of this plan for living and have some real living proof, some real show-and-tell operation going on here. That this is possible. That this is possible. This is the message of hope that these men and women carried in these pages, and this is the message of hope that those of us that are recovered on the line carry. We say, bring us your pain, bring us your shame, bring us your anger, bring us your resentment, follow these directions, and what you're going to get for that is a restored life, a renewed life, more than just the mere elimination of some food substances, but a rehabilitated, renewed life, a rebirth. Not of body, of course, but of mind. A personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And with that, I pass. Anyone else like to jump in on this paragraph? Star one, none mute. It's Monica. Monica, your turn. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Diddle, diddle to everything that Leah just said. How can you follow that? Okay. Do you want to be happy, respected, and useful once more? Sounds pretty good to me. And how how can this happen? Well, they're saying we, the 100 that recovered, recovered alcoholics, the practical answer, practical, acquired through practice or action. He says the practical answer is that since these things have happened among us, they can happen with you too. So if you want to be happy, respected, and useful, what do you do? Well, should you wish this above all else, and you are willing to make use of our experience, we are sure they will come. And what's our experience? What's experience here? Experience is the fact that these 100 recovered people had been in hell and through working the steps were able to get out of that hell and into a wonderful place of happiness, being respectful once again, being useful to their families, their employers, to everyone about them like they weren't before. So they've gone through the experience from beginning to end, and they know what the results are. And this is what they're sharing with us. The results are you can have this too if you want it. So so you're hearing, you're reading this in the book that these 100 recovered people have written this in this book back in the 1930s, and this is still true today in 2013. And those of us who are recovered, who have been through the steps, who have been given this spiritual awakening, this personality change, say yes, yes, yes. Our experience too shows you are eligible also for this. What hope, what hope. And it is a miracle to go from the hell of this disease to a life that you cannot imagine. It's just amazing. And every single one of you, it's available to you too. Our experience shows it can happen to you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? 
Okay, well, thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Fran, will you please read a vision for you? Good morning, Leia. Good morning, vision for you. This is Fran, compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, pass.